the five blokes. All right, back to the five blokes podcast. Only three blokes this time around. Uh, it is August 29th, 2021. Um, and this weekend we had tons of games happen in the Premier League. Uh, some more, more noteworthy than others. Um, but that's where we're going to start. Uh, and we've got myself, Evan, and Nima here. Only three of the five blokes. Uh, Nate, Nate couldn't come and he showed up. Uh, he told us that pretty late, which means that uh, we can talk a lot more shit on Nate than we do, do normally, which is fun. So Nate... Welcome. I'm happy that you're listening. Uh, and let's get right into it. All right. So as far as the games that uh, as far as the games that went on this weekend, uh, if I just start from the top, the first game of the weekend, I woke up at 630 in the morning for this. Um, uh, after I think six minutes, it was one nil to city. And then I uh, went back to bed. I think I woke up like 15 minutes later. I don't know what it was. It was two nil to city. And then I decided, OK, I should just get up and take my punishment. Uh, and uh, eventually City did end up taking a game 5-0, and Arsenal had a red card. Granit Xhaka, uh, our lord and savior, uh, made sure that City really secured the win uh, that day. I'm not salty about it, though. It's fine. Um, other games uh, that are noteworthy, um, there were a number of ties this weekend. Newcastle, Southampton, West Ham, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Brentford, Burnley, Leeds, uh, and Liverpool-Chelsea, uh, all, all draws. And the, uh, the only other wins this weekend, Leicester ended up beating Norwich City 2-1, Everton-Brighton 2-0, and uh, Tottenham beat Watford this morning, as well as United ended up uh, squeezing past Wolves 1-0. So out of all those games, I will let Nima start. Uh, and I imagine he might have a place where he wants to start. But Nima, which one caught your eye? Which one do you want to get going with first? I thought uh, there were a number of good games. Um, I feel bad for Arsenal now at this point. They're last, I think, in the Premier League table, which is – that's rough. Sorry, Seth. Um, it doesn't even really feel right to make fun of them anymore. It's at the point where uh, I feel like <laughs> – I don't know. It's it's like you're picking on, on somebody you shouldn't be picking on. So uh, we'll stay away from that today. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, Chelsea-Liverpool was probably the most prolific game of the weekend. Um, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. I think that – I don't really know if the if the red card should have been given. Um, I didn't see it live. My, my internet went down for a second, so I, I tried to go back and look at it. I don't know. I, I think it could go either way. I think if, if it had been given against Liverpool, I would have had the same reaction as Nate had. Um, but what really disappointed me was after that, you know, when Liverpool really could have, you know, pushed down on the gas and, and kind of ran Chelsea over, they didn't. Um, I think Chelsea defended very well. I think Liverpool lacked a lot of creativity. I think Mane was very poor. Um, the, the one bright spot I would say is our, our defense. I mean, yeah, you have Lukaku who's kind of up there by himself, but he couldn't do anything like anything every time he brought the ball down even he passed the ball to the other team and I think yeah 10 v 11 is hard but I think that Lukaku definitely could have done a little bit better than he did so I was happy to see that even Matip uh, was was really good against Lukaku I kind of expected Virgil to to do well against Lukaku um, yeah all in all I was I was pleased with with the game as far as 
you know, the, the flow, but I definitely think we lacked creativity and I was actually pretty frustrated uh, when the game ended, but yeah, we're going to have those types of games and, and Chelsea, I think we're happy to get away with the point. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. There's only three games I want to talk about. Uh, first one, start with Man City Arsenal. Nemo kind of already touched on that. You can't make fun of Arsenal anymore. It's a little, it, it's like that Simpsons gif where uh, it's going stop, stop. He's already dead. Like just quit, quit beating him up. Um, Arsenal. I mean, you probably got to get rid of Arteta, but Seth said it a while ago. I mean, the roster is just not there. Um, so definitely going to be rebuilding here. I don't think they'll get relegated, but the fact that they got thrashed by five, I know you're missing quite a few players, but um, a little, little, little all hands on deck for Arsenal there. So everybody needs to get, get on their game, just settle down, start playing. But I mean, it's Man City, so that's fine. Just go, go on to next week. Second game, definitely got to talk about Liverpool. Chelsea, I think absolute one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I know that benefited Nima's team. So, I mean, I'd be biased too. I'd be like, heck yeah, give him a red, give us a PK. But it was on the goal line. He stuck out his leg. The ball hits his leg and then his arm. And they give him a red card and a PK for that. I mean, that's just horrendous, I think. I don't think anything should have been called. Um, I guess if anything, give the PK and no red card because you couldn't give a red card and the no PK there just by the rules. But I don't think that was a red. Should have gave the PK then. Um, but I think you have to, right? I think you have to give yeah. a red card if you give a PK. I hear you. I, yeah, I understand. I understand. I, I didn't think live. I was like, oh, great save. Awesome. But I didn't see the handball. But the fact that it went off his leg first, I don't, how's, that, how's that fair that it hits his leg and then a handball? But I thought that ruined the game. I mean, for they had to play a man down for a whole half, just ruined the game. And it was a great game up until that point. Back and forth, back and forth, high intensity, and everything was going. So a little unfortunate, but uh, overall, love the game. I thought, I agree with you, Neem. I thought Matip and Van Dyke looked awesome defensively. Uh, of course, they're only playing on 10, but Lukaku's a beast. So he still got quite a few chances, and they blocked every time. Lukaku had, like, no shot on goal, really. That was pretty good work. I like seeing Van Dyke back, even though I'm a Man U fan. But you just like having a competitive Premier League. Um, and he coming off an ACL tear. So it's good to see that he, he's playing well. I thought Chelsea's defense was absolutely amazing, considering Liverpool's attack. Liverpool's 11. You guys don't have much depth, but your starting 11 is good, really good. So the fact that they held them off at Anfield, that's pretty impressive. Um, it's all around a good game. And the third game. I think uh, Tottenham, that's the one I want to talk about. They're 3-0, and only team, nine, 9 out of 9. I always said Nuno Esperto Santos, coolest name out there. And he's a good coach. Like I said before, all the Wolves players would run through a brick wall for him. So if he can get this Tottenham team going in the same way and get Harry Kane firing, I don't think Harry Kane's even recorded an assist or goal yet. Um, they're going to be something, something to watch. So early on, they look good. But uh, loving the Premier League. So, Nima, what about Firmino's injury? Yeah, um, I'm kind of bummed about that. I, I honestly am starting to, to kind of concede that I think Firmino maybe is getting to the age where – so I, I really like the way he plays still, but he's, I think, a little bit slower. He is certainly not as 
I don't know. He, he doesn't look as lively as he used to. And he always used to drop back in, but he's really slowed down. The goals really have, have slowed down. Um, I think Jota starting wouldn't be the worst thing. What I would actually love to see is for us to switch to a 4-2-3-1 and see how that would change things. Um, but I don't think Klopp's going to do that. Um, I don't, I actually didn't see Seth, the, the details, obviously he got subbed off at halftime. Uh, what, what were the, what were the details of that? Well, basically he's just going in for an MRI. Well, he ran off. Or, yeah. Yeah. He, he's going in for an MRI on what I believe is a hamstring injury. So I, I don't think there's really anything known about it, but, yeah. um, but I okay. believe if I'm not mistaken, it's, uh, it's it's some kind of a hamstring injury or a quad injury. Um, yeah, okay. They so, don't really know right now what it is. Um, so that, that's kind of where you, it's you at. You got me worried because I thought there was an update because he ran off. It's not like he had to be stretched off or anything. That's why I got concerned. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I, I figured – I kind of figured Jota was, was kind of taking over that spot anyway. So yeah. it probably wasn't yeah. a big yeah, deal that uh, – <laughs> Yeah, that, that Firmino can't quite make it, but uh, I figured I'd bring it up anyway. Yeah, no, I, and I'll just say, I, you know, it's so weird for me whenever people compare those two, even though they play in the same position. When he is on, we play so differently than when Jota's on. So, so different. I feel like Jota is essentially another, like, winger. When, when he is on, he is, like, making runs to the wings. He's trying to get around. Yeah, I mean, he can finish really well with his head, and he's a good goal scorer. So, but, it, but it changes the way that we play, whereas I think Firmino drops deeper. I still think that if they're both healthy, Klopp is going to prefer Firmino, especially in big games. I think the amount of experience he brings definitely outweighs Jota, but Jota's a really good player, man. Like, I, I would have no qualms with, like, Okay, like say say that Firmino is like a super sub. I would have no problem with that. I think that's that's justified for sure. But yeah, uh, fingers crossed that his injury isn't so bad and hopefully comes back quick because I think he just provides like a really good presence even in like in terms of when he's on the field, maybe not doing a whole lot. I just think he's a really really good presence to have on the field in general. So, who's your third string striker, Origi? Yeah, I I actually don't know. Uh, I mean, in theory, yes, but I don't think he wants to stick around. I think he's trying to leave because, as you can imagine, he has a pretty good goal scoring record, right? He, he's he's really, league, right? yeah. I mean, just in general, like he he's a good goal scorer, man. Like I don't know if he wants to be third string, and given the the goals he's scored, I would be looking to move somewhere else. I think. Um, but I did want to bring up, you know, something kind of uh, adjacent to, to this in terms of Manchester United's lineup. I was looking at their lineup. You guys, Evan, have depth, like real, real. Yeah, a lot. You got a lot of good players. Now, what I'm what I'm curious about is, I don't know, man. I I don't think watching, and I'm only basing it off today's game because I have not watched anything other than today's game this season, Manchester United, but. I was very kind of shocked with how mediocre Manchester United looked today. Uh, and people need time. I don't, I don't think that you, you, you know, play two or three games and you're expected to, you know, to turn around. Jaden Sancho didn't impress me that much. I thought he was just kind of there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He, he, he did meh. Bruno was, I think, by far the best player with, with Pogba. And, and Greenwood obviously scoring that goal is nice. Um, 
Veron was very just I, I don't know Maguire played better than him I thought I don't even think Veron really really I kind of forgot he was on that team until they said his name honestly um Luke Shaw made some good tackles uh, uh Juan Visaka was was decent but I don't know man I I was just a little bit caught off guard because I thought I would be like whoa this team is is crazy awesome with with the amount of depth and it just didn't really it didn't strike me that way like there are a lot of big names but not a lot of big like talent out there right now does that make sense well no no there's a ton of talent out there they're just not meshing well right now yeah the chemistry was awful today um wasn't fluid sancho was terrible absolutely terrible um but it's okay it was his first start in the premier league Braun's first start as well. I mean, he got a clean sheet. He did. He, he had yeah. a couple. He looked. He looked a little. I wouldn't say nervous, but like uh, last ditch effort tackles essentially. But he got him. It's, yeah. it's not really what you want. You want to be able to, you know, what would Maldini say if I have to make a tackle? I already made a mistake. Yeah. As a defender. Yeah, exactly. But um, takes a while just to build chemistry. It was a bad day, but on a bad day, I thought Wolves played amazing. So on a bad day away and we still win one nil, that's pretty awesome. Our squad depth is, um, it's really exciting. The only problem is, you know, will the players be okay with that? Cause we got so many people. There'll yeah. probably be a lot that won't play. Like yeah. I love Lingard. We saw what Lingard did last year at West Ham in 16 games, got nine goals, like six assists. It's like anybody would want that on your team. Um, yeah. And he just doesn't, doesn't play at all. Um, now we got Ronaldo coming in. We got Cavani. Rashford, Greenwood, that guy's something special. Martial, Bruno, Pogba, Vanderbeek, bought him for 50 million. He doesn't even play. We got great squad depth. I think it's just going to be hard to incorporate everyone in. And it's just going to be week by week who's going to be what's the best 11. I don't think we'll just have a, a solid starting 11 every week. That was like something Mourinho used to, used to do. Just like, there's my 11. That's what we're playing with. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. It was a bad day that we ended up winning. So if we can win on a bad day. That's good. And we set a record. Most away wins. We beat the Invincibles of Arsenal. Most away win. Or no, most away unbeaten. Yeah. At 29. So that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, Sancho needs to do better. Just all around, everybody needs to be better. I don't know if you guys saw Fred. My goodness. Yeah. He was getting tore up. I don't know what all he sees in Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that guy needs to start. I think even if there needs to be a formation change, that, that guy does not need to start. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think He's not a good do. passer. He's not physical. He's not a good no. defender. He doesn't make – doesn't create chances. He doesn't score. <laughs> He's got two goals in his whole career, three, four years here, and Pogba sits at both of them. I mean, there's – I don't see what he does. And he loses the ball every – Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game. For how good you guys are, Evan, I, I don't think that guy needs to be anywhere near the starting lineup. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I I will say like wolves. When you look at wolves, they're 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 the type of team that when like when we were playing back in the day that like obviously they're professional players. I would hate to play against professional players, but they're the type of team that have like the the shape and players that is scary to play against. Like uh, for me as a player, at least you know they've got this huge strong goal scoring striker in Jimenez. They've got this really fast winger who nobody can catch. Maybe Dan James can. But nobody is catching him, and if you do catch him, he's just going to throw you on the floor. I say, Dan uh, James is going to die. Yeah, yeah exactly. In, in a <laughs> <Traore. dollar. laughs> um, and then Moutinho and Neves just—they're like these two center mids that aren't going to lose the ball. They're going to do all the fundamentals right. They're going to still get into tackles. Uh, so 
Uh, their back line's not something I'd be afraid of. But in terms of the attacking presence of what Wolves have, and even on Nelson Semedo, I mean, he is that ex-Barcelona right back. They have like a scary number of players on the field. And uh, I, I and they're probably a top eight side. I, I, I think they're definitely a top eight side. They might be considered top six, uh, at least for, you know, when, when it's all said and done. Uh, Wolves, uh, maybe losing Nuno might be a problem, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I recognize that they have lost all three of their first games, but losing Nuno probably hurt them a lot. But last season and the season before that, uh, if if yeah. I, I would actually say if uh, uh, if their forward didn't go down, whose name is escaping me as as I just mentioned him, um, yeah, if Jimenez didn't go down last season, I think that they were probably a top six team. Uh, if if when it was all said and done, he was on a tear when he got injured, so. Uh, they're they're a good team. They're uh, they're just they're nobody to be to be scoffed at for sure. No, absolutely. I yeah, I'm very surprised that they lost their first three. Judge about how well they played today. I was like, my goodness, this Wolves team should not be where they're at right now. But yeah, uh, I haven't yeah even their, their schedule's rough. They they've lost to Leicester, Tottenham, and now United. Uh, they'll they'll oh, okay. get back into yeah. the into the groove of things. But and they were all small losses. Actually, it looks like they lost yeah, one, one zero all three yeah. games. So yeah, they'll 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 get back to things. It's not like an Arsenal where they can't do anything right so uh <laughs> but anyway yeah i, I just I, I like the Watford or the wolves team i think they've always been pretty good the past three or four seasons and they have like a, an identity about them that i've always liked uh in turn and, and playing against them is always scary especially Adama. like adama is actually a scary human being if i saw yeah. him in real life i'd be like oh no please don't uh i don't want to play soccer against you please <laughs> He took one touch away from Fred and Pogba just <laughs> like that, and they're like, we're not catching him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, I see the one where, where uh, he, he went up against, I, I think it was uh, it was Juan, Juan Bissaka, I think. And, um, man, who's the, who's the right back? Maybe yeah, Juan Bissaka. Juan Bissaka. Yeah. Luke Shaw. Shaw. Luke Shaw. I think for what for some reason Luke Shaw and Juan Bissaka were were on the same side, and they both kind of tackled him, and he got up and got the ball and dribbled around them. It's like, how how do you get tackled and get back up? And there's two people. Yeah, he's he's crazy. He is yep. absolutely crazy. I actually yeah, just think if he could score, my goodness, oh, he yeah, has a terrible yeah. shot. Apparently, yeah, doesn't register too much. No, right. I um. I agree. I was actually going to bring this up before Seth did. I I think that the way that this team has started is like scary because yeah, they've lost 1-0, but the way that they're playing is you know, if they could just finish then I don't know, man. It it would be kind of hard to believe they wouldn't make top 6. Now, what I want to see is how they're going to respond after losing 3 in a row. And even more than that, I, I want to see how they're going to respond to I, – I actually disagree, Seth. I think that Neves lost the ball a lot today. I think Jimenez lost the ball a lot today. And I think the majority of players on the team really, really know how to keep the ball. And then it would be like five passes, and then Neves would try and cross the ball and just lose it. And then he'd do the same thing a play later. And that really bothered me. If I was on that team – and I was Matinho, like, kind of knocking the ball around. And then I give it to Neves, who's supposed to be one of the best players. And he tried to switch it and lost it. And then did the same thing again two minutes later. I would be going crazy, man. Like, if it's not working, why are you keep, why do you keep trying it? Like, stop, please. I, I, nothing frustrated me more today than watching him just kick the ball away after such 
great possession and such. And the way that they worked, they won the ball on in the Man United half. Like Man United had it in their defensive half. I can't even, I think four or five times they won it just because they pressured so hard. If I won the ball like that and then gave it to Neves and Neves just pissed it away, I don't know, man. That wouldn't sit too well with me. But they are a really good team. And if they can figure out the little kinks, then they're going to be tough to play against. Yeah, exactly. It's early on. I mean, Wolves, Wolves are going to be good. They're going to be good. All right, awesome. Well, I'll rant about Arsenal for a second, even though I spent an entire podcast myself doing it. Uh, Arsenal are bad. Granit Xhaka needs to leave. Mikel Arteta needs to go. And they need to never play with three back ever again. Um, so, yeah, that hits on three of the four things I talked about in, uh, in my solo podcast. So uh, Arsenal, just everything went wrong. And uh, I think the manager is about 80% to blame and the players, the other 20%. Uh, I, I don't think Arteta set them up for any kind of success this weekend. And so uh, no success was had. It's just, yeah, there's so many things need to change. It is City, but even then, there's ways to line up to set your team up for success. And it's not by putting... Uh, not not by having your four midfielders be Emil Smith-Rowe, Bukoya Saka, Martin Odegaard, all three attacking midfielders alongside Granit Xhaka, who is a, a walking red card. So it's uh, just not, not what you want. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit here. We did have some transfers that go down. The window officially closes in two days. So Tuesday, August 31st is when the window closes. So at the next podcast, we'll take a step back and revisit the window as a whole. But as far as new transfers that happened, uh, the three that are probably the most exciting are uh, Tammy Abraham went to Roma, uh, Kurt Zuma to West Ham, and Martin Odegaard to Arsenal. Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, the fourth transfer, less significant, uh, there was a whole ordeal, Cristiano Ronaldo. He's going to City. He signed a deal. He did the whole thing. He agreed to terms. Everything was there. He was going to be their person for, you know, Ferran Torres wasn't going to start up top anymore. It was going to be Cristiano Ronaldo to go out and win silverware for City before eventually uh, departing and exiting. And then out of nowhere, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer does the job or the United front office does the job, whoever it might be. Uh, and, uh, and Cristiano Ronaldo ends up a United confirmed deal. I don't know if they introduced him today at the, at the game or not, but I'm sure he'll be introduced to the next one if they didn't. And, uh, and, and I'm sure he'll be on the field uh, within the next two games as well. So those are the four transfers that happened. Uh, Evan, I'll let you talk about the Cristiano Ronaldo situation uh, to talk through everything that, you're, that you went through in the past week, because just from the group text alone, we got quite the ordeal from you. And, uh, and I'll let you just talk through it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the only uh, transfer I'm going to talk about. Whirlwind of emotions. These guys, like Seth Perry said, had to deal with my text throughout the whole thing. Uh, just to bring in some context to our overseas fans, in America, we could not watch the Premier League until 2012 when NBC um, bought the rights to air all the shows or all the games. And with that, as a Man United fan, you know, I wasn't watching during the Sir Alex Ferguson heyday, even though like that last year they did win the Premier League or win the first year. Um that they showed it in America. So I didn't get to watch Ronaldo at Man United. And now that he's coming back, it's just an absolute – I'm buzzing. I'm, I'm just so excited. Um, everything that I saw beforehand, it did seem like Ronaldo was going to Man City. 
agents play a big part in that. You know, you know, was it that he was just saying, "Well, we'll uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to City just so we can get more money, and that'll make Man United be like, hey, 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 we got to step in and stop this." But it did look like he was everything was planning that he would go to City. It's just something fell through. Said he didn't want to uh, pay the transfer fee and all Ronaldo's ex teammates called him up, texted him and say like, man, you can't do that. That'll tarnish your, uh, your legacy at Man United. And I was the same one. I, I didn't even watch him play. And I was already like, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of him anymore. Messi's the goat. It's not even a question. There's Ronaldo can't even be considered in Messi's echelon of greatness. He's going to city. I just, I couldn't accept it. It was honestly a little embarrassing. And then, the next day I wake up and I'm getting all the info that he's going to United. And I felt like 10 year old at Christmas again, couldn't sleep. So excited, just happy as can be prancing, skipping. I cannot wait to see Ronaldo in man United shirt. It's great for the league. It's great for soccer. It's great for, it's a win-win for everyone. Everybody want to watch man United, every team, uh, no matter who you love, you're going to watch man United because Ronaldo's back. He's not going to be a bust. He scored in the Italian league past three years. He scored over 30 goals. The Italian league, which is known to be boring, defensive. Um, and even Lukaku was in that league last year. And Ronaldo beat him for the golden boot in that league. It's just absolutely exciting. And I just cannot wait. Um, so I went through a whirlwind of emotions. And I landed on pure ecstasy. Um, I think if if he scores... 10 goals in the Premier League, I think that is acceptable. I think 15 is viewed as, oh, that's pretty good. And if he scores more than 20, I think that's great. But there's no – you should go look at how many goals he scored in the Premier League when he was there in in what I would consider his soon-to-be prime, like maybe right before. I would consider Madrid his prime, and I would consider the last few years at Manchester United his, like, like, getting up there. So like very, very close to his prime. And I don't think he ever scored more than 25 goals, except for one season at Manchester United, which is, I'm, I'm not saying that's bad. That's great. But I think it's funny. Some people, <clears throat> Nathan, think he's going to score 25 goals. And I'm like, ah. He scored, uh, he scored 31 goals in 2007. One season. But other than that season, he hasn't scored more than 25. I scored, uh, you're right, 18. Yeah, right. That's the second highest. Right. Which okay. Okay, they won Ballon d'Or his last year in Man United. So yeah, he he won that. That's that's got to be prime. But yeah. uh, he was only there one year. Yeah, and look, I'm not for, trying to say that he that he's a bad player. Obviously, he's a great player, and what a great you know in in every way, right? A great pickup for Manchester United in terms of money, in terms of you know jersey sales in terms of people watching the club in terms of people supporting the club like they gained so much from from Ronaldo now how many goals is he going to score and that's a that's a question I want all of us to answer so I have it saved so we can talk about it at the end of the season I want to know how many goals you guys think he's going to score this year and we can do so so there's clarity Nathan we can do total goals and we can also do premier league goals so for premier league goals I think he'll maybe score 12 goals this season. And keep in mind, he's going to miss some games. So that's already going to be, you know, if he, if he starts next week, then I guess he's only missed three games. Um, he's older. He's going to get injured. I think he will score 
and I think this is kind of generous. I think he's going to score 20 goals total. And I think he's going to score. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and that is, that is, that is both the cups, the internal England cups, premier league and then champions league. That right. is what I think. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to play in the FA Cup. I, I don't think he'll get a single game in FA Cup or the uh, whatever other cup, like the domestic cups. I don't think he's playing in. Um, I also don't think like like they're going to save him for the Premier League and for Champions League. So I, I and really the Premier League is the one that matters there. I mean, he's going to get cha- the, for Ronaldo at this point. I think it's all about the chances that other people create around him because he's not the type of player who gets the ball and takes it himself and goes and creates chances. But if, if people are putting him in the right situations where he can take two, three, four touches and then finish, then he's going to be very successful. So if you have a player like Bruno, that can happen, but I know they didn't mesh well on the Portugal team. So I don't know if that's going to be a problem for United as well. But when you also look at the other players on that roster, I know that we talk shit on Paul Pogba all the time, but the dude's one hell of a passer when he's having a good game. And if he can create chances for Ronaldo, then I think Ronaldo could easily in the league have 20 plus goals just in the premier league. Uh, I I don't think that that's unheard of. I would say that I would say 25 goals would be pushing it. So if I had to give my estimate, I would say under 25, but probably more than 20. So that that's, I think the range, that's a pretty safe range. I mean, if I need to put a number on it, I'll, I'll go 21 goals for the premier league. And then the champions league, that's a total toss up. I have no idea how many he's going to score. It's completely dependent on how far they go. Uh, so, but, but it'll be less than 10, probably less than five in the, in, in the champions league, I would say, but we will see. He's going to take all the penalties from now on, I'm sure. So that's going to be a big boost on, uh, on his goals. Uh, and I do think, I do think he's going to be successful. I, I don't. I, I think he'll be just fine. He's the type of player. He's kind of like uh, Ibrahimovic in a sense, where he's a pure finisher and he's right place at the right time type of player. Now that he's getting older, whereas both of them were the type of player to create their own chances when they were younger, and it worked for Ibrahimovic. He scored a ton of goals uh, at United when he was there, uh, and I think it's going to work for Ronaldo too. I just don't think he's going to be scoring thirty plus goals. There's, there's no way, or even twenty five plus goals in terms of the league. At Nathan, at Nathan. All right, all at right, Nathan. Y'all, y'all settle down now. First of all, he had Aaron Ramsey and Rabio as his center mids last year at Juve. And McKinney. Don't forget the American. And Mc- yeah. <laughs> we got Pogba, Bruno, Sancho, Rashford, Greenwood, Lingard, all these guys that can, A, do all the running for him, B, find him, C, you know, they're good players as well. So, you know, they're going to they're, they're gonna be in the right place too. He's going to be in the right place, just like you said, Seth, to tap it in. He is 36, obviously, but he is abnormal human specimen he everything he does is for his body doesn't do doesn't eat one thing that wouldn't help him for the for the that week's game or that day's game um i do think man united is a better team than uve and he got 30 goals last year all comps for uve over 30 so for me he's getting all competition he's going to go greater than 30 and in the premier league i think he gets 25 that's golden boot I disagree with you, Seth. Evan. What? That's golden boot territory. That's right. No, no. Yeah. He, he won golden boot in the Serie A, and Lukaku was there as well. So 
Uh, Ronaldo is going to be something special. Yeah, and I, and last week I said Lukaku is going to be the golden boot in the Premier League because no, you never even would have considered Ronaldo coming. But um, I think he will play in the domestics if they're in the final. So if you get to the Carabao Cup final okay. or that's FA fair. Cup final, so I mean that's probably a goal or two there. Um, <laughs> if, I think, if he plays, if he plays, he yeah. scores. That's just how it is. That's probably uh, a goal. That's, that's what I'm thinking. That's almost. I mean, pretty much. And the only, the only, only sad thing about all this is he gets added right when there's international break. Oh, we got to wait two weeks just to watch him play. I'm gutted about that, but I'm just so excited. So excited. I, I, I understand the the notion that. Well, I don't know if Manchester United is necessarily better than peak Juventus because Juventus was good a few years back. They were really good. But now, though, you look at their team. He's I mean, Evan's saying he scored 30 plus goals last year with them. Which I think okay, is, yeah, but who else is going to score for that team? Uh, I think exactly. I don't know. Yeah. How cute. Uh, Bernadeschi. I don't know. Is Bernadeschi even on that team? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah he is. So nobody can score other than Ronaldo. Morata. Your boy. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you, did you watch Morata this summer? Literally open goal and he kicked it up. I don't even know how you do that. So he, here's my thing. I look, Ronaldo is a good player. He is a, is a oh, is he? Incredibly, incredible <laughs> athlete. He's a good player. Second thing. Right. You are playing against real defenders now. Like, yes, everyone's like, oh, the Italian league is defensive. Yes, it's defensive. That doesn't mean they have good defenders. It just means the style is more defensive. Can you imagine Ronaldo going against Virgil van Dijk? Or, like, let's face it, any, like, Premier League center back? Like, he's not as good as he used to be. He's not as athletic as he used to be. There's no I mean, he went, against, he went against Carlos Puyol and Gerard Piquet for almost a decade. In his peak, he's 36 now. I didn't say that 25-year-old Ronaldo was bad. I'm saying that... A 36-year-old Ronaldo is not going to be as good as everyone thinks he's going to be. So I, yeah, but, I, I but think a lot of it is his movement. If he's in the right spot, he's a clinical sure. finisher. Well, sure. I mean, of course, but also it's going to be the movement of the defenders to track him. So I mean, who knows, right? I mean, we're this is all speculation until we actually see him play. I just think the defenders in the Premier League are stronger defenders than the than the uh, Italian league defenders, and. I do think that Manchester United having so many attacking options are going to mean that he doesn't need to score 25 goals. Not even saying that he could, but there's not that pressure of, hey, dude, if you're not scoring, we're not scoring today. Like, that was what it was like at Juve. And I yep. think that pressure helped him excel. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so at all. He's all, all Ronaldo cares about is his legacy essentially and he wants to be adored by the fans i think that's one big reason why i came back to united other than you know all of his teammates ex-teammates telling him what the hell are you doing um really because he was I, about I, to go to I, city a few days before i think exactly i know yeah it, it's over now but he's that man you it's all right it's all right i forgive him dude <laughs> the, <laughs> no his internal drive to score it, I, it, I don't think it uh matters that hey, we got other people that will score too, so you don't have to work as hard. I think he wants to score as many goals as he can each game. And if we're, you know, if Greenwood gets five, he's like, well, I'm going to get six. I mean, he wants to be the lead goal scorer no matter where he's at. So I don't think it really matters that other other guys are scoring. I think, I think I'll just end with the, the Euro was a good predictor of, to, to me of how Ronaldo and Bruno are going to play together, and they did not play well together. And, yeah, you could say there's better players around him at United – 
Portugal's team on paper is they had Jota, they had Ronaldo, they had Bruno, they had Matinho. They, they had a really, really yeah. good team. Yeah, Felix. I mean, a lot of good players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a really good okay. team. Maybe. I mean, I hear you. I don't know. I, don't know. I hear you. I hear you. But Ronaldo got golden boot of that tournament. And yeah, but Bruno, on. But Bruno had, Bruno oh. just had bad games. What, four bad games? If that happens as a player, have you not had a bad game as a player? I know. I'm not a professional but you could, soccer player. <laughs> yeah, but we could compare it to, you know, who we're playing against versus who they're competing. Like, they're playing oh, professionals. We were playing ours. Certainly, certainly Bruno had a bad tournament. I don't think anyone is doubting that. I'm just saying that I don't know if it's going to be as – and maybe it takes them half a season to get chemistry. Then how the heck is he going to score 25 goals if it takes half a season and then he's scoring every game? Like, it's still – I don't think it'll take that. I, I think it'll – uh, I, I think they'll figure it out. I, I think he's going to score goals. I still think he's going to get a golden boot. I, I, I honestly think that his – I know that he is an absolute animal of a human being. We all know that. But I do think he's getting up there in age, and I think that could slow him down. Yeah. It, maybe it doesn't, but I feel like that's going to be the biggest thing that potentially slows Ronaldo down at United is, is can he actually play – 30 games in a season and play in the champions league. And, and he's not, I, I don't think he's playing in the domestic cups. Yeah. The final, whatever, but that's one more game. So that's irrelevant, but can, can he basically play in, in 40 plus games against what I do think is some of the harshest defense defenders in the world at 36 years old. I, I just don't think he can get a golden boot. I, I want to be very clear about that. I think he's going to score a lot of goals. I just don't think he's going to get a golden boot. And I, uh, but it might be the piece that United needed to get at least much closer to that title. So it'll be interesting. Um, I was trying to look up who else was scoring for Juventus last season because I thought I saw that they had 77 goals for, which left a lot of goals on the table uh, for, for that team. Yeah, they did have 77 goals for, so that left like 40 goals uh, on the table for other people. Funny enough, Alvaro Morata had 11 goals. So, um, I guess we can talk crap if we want. I am slightly excited for Ronaldo to leave Juventus. I was always a big fan of uh, Paolo Dybala. And when he went to Juventus, it was a big deal. I think he was like 21 years old. He was going to be their out-and-out striker. And then like two years later, they signed Ronaldo. And Dybala was on the bench for good, pretty much. Uh, he couldn't put anything together with Ronaldo in front of him. And now I'm excited to see if Dybala turns into somebody who's, who's awesome again. We shall see. Uh, one of my one of my FIFA players that I really liked. Um, awesome. Well then, uh, I don't think we have anything to say about the other transfers. Uh, I had a similar uh, type of situation that happened with Odegaard. I really was over the moon about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish our viewers could have saw your, uh, no. your expression. Just there. kidding, everybody who can't see my expression. I don't care about Odegaard. He's better than all the other center mids we have, but my God, $50 million or whatever it was. I just, uh, yeah, better we, off. We got Veron. Nice cars. I don't know. We got Veron, Ronaldo, and Sancho for less than what you guys got for uh, Odegaard, White, and Ramsdale. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't even know why we bought Ramsdale. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe, maybe Leno, maybe Leno wants to leave or something like that. I, I, I can't, but. Remember, remember um, the TikTok we watched, guys. You don't you, you got to check in with your Arsenal friends this week. You don't need to. Pick <laughs> on 
All right. Well, none of the other transfers are all that interesting. I will be interested to see if anybody makes any other big moves in the in the next few days. We'll see. But moving on a little bit, there was some news that Nate is very happy about, I'm sure. I didn't get to follow our group text thread, but uh, Jorginho, the, the man, the myth, the legend, the center mid at Chelsea, has won UEFA Men's Player of the Year. And that is an award given out by UEFA. Uh, and it's, I believe, judged solely on UEFA competitions, but I do have some of the stats that he has. And a center mid like him, his his stats don't speak to his game, so I won't judge him too harshly on it. Uh, but uh, at the Euros, they did win the Euros with Italy. I, I don't know if he was their captain. Probably not. I bet Chiellini was the captain. But he did hold down the center midfield. Uh, he played in seven games, had zero goals, zero assists. And in the Champions League, the other UEFA competition that's out there, he had 12 appearances, a goal, and an assist. And did end up winning the Champions League with Chelsea, though. Uh, and just for fun, uh, the Premier League, again, not a UEFA competition. Uh, 28 caps, seven goals, and a single assist in the Premier League. And, yeah, he, I mean. All of them uh, were PKs, I think. Best, best, uh, best UEFA were. men's player. Uh, but what do we think, Nima? I know you wanted no, to get into it. No, no. How are you going to give the best player the best European male player award to somebody like him. No offense, but he is somebody who played on both teams. Italy won, he played on that team. Chelsea won, he played on that team. Guys, this is a really easy decision. Let's pick the one player that starts for both of these teams. No, 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 no. I don't even think Nathan was happy about this because let's face it, Conte is 15 times the player Jorginho is. Mason Mount is 15 times the player that Jorginho is. Even Pulisic, I would, even though he's not European, I think he deserves it more than Jorginho does. Jorginho didn't even start before, before I, I think, this last season. I have no idea how he went from being a person who didn't play to, oh, he's the general of the midfield. We would not be Chelsea without Jorginho. No, he's not that good. What does he do? He dictates the pace. Congratulations. Fantastic. Awesome. He plays in the midfield. Every midfielder dictates the pace. I'm tired of people saying that. I want somebody to tell me what he actually does. He has no business being anywhere, anywhere near the player of the year. For, for FIFA, for UEFA, no chance. No chance. I honestly, I would have given it to Wijnaldum before I gave it to Jorginho, to be honest. Terrible, terrible choice. Terrible. A tragedy. Disappointing. Uh, for, for what it's worth, no. before Evan goes, uh, the finalists, by the way, for the award were Jorginho, Angolo Conte, and Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. De Bruyne a million times over. No. You're just judging that because we know De Bruyne has the best passing in the game and he can finish really well. Jorginho... <laughs> did you, Jorginho had seven goals in the Premier League, and that's not what the UEFA is, and it was all PKs. Yeah, he doesn't score or assist a lot, Nima, but the dude is the reason Chelsea and Italy won. Absolutely, Absolutely. not, Evan. Absolutely, Absolutely. Not. It wasn't just like, oh, let's pick the guy that played on both teams. It no. was. Well, yeah, why do you think they won? It's because Jorginho is playing at an absolute – the highest level that a center mid could do. He does everything. Dude, what – Watch that Liverpool-Chelsea game. He does everything that you I, want a center I, mid to I, do. I am disappointed by, by that comment because I he think – He makes – dude, 
disappointed by that comment. I think he is. I think he is literally just there. I literally could not think of a better way to like phrase Jorginho. Uh, it, he is there. He is literally there. He does. He adds nothing that is like wow. Jorginho's passing. Wow. Jorginho's defensive ability. Wow. Jorginho's pace. Wow. Nothing. I can't think of a single attribute, and neither can you because you haven't said it. That separates him from anybody else on this planet in terms of how he improves the team that he's on. Can you think of a single positioning? That he does? Yeah, he's a great. He is a good passer. Positioning, dude. His defensive work rate is amazing. His offensive work rate is amazing. Okay, but I, you, I, you I think there's that. more. I think there's more to it. Even we played soccer my whole life. You guys did too. You guys were better coaches than myself, but like you know the game a little bit better. So I can't really. Uh, enunciate what I want to say well, but I think there's just all the little things that a center mid does, what you want him to do. There is a reason Chelsea and Italy won. He played every game. He played every game. It wasn't like he was a sub, come on for 10 minutes, oh, let's give it to Jorginho. He's starting center mid. That's not a coincidence. I mean, it's absolutely, absolutely deserved. I, I, I cannot disagree more that Conte should, Conte or De Bruyne should have won it. Absolutely. How many how many games did Conte play in the UA? In the Champions League? Or yeah, Champions in, League. I mean, they didn't get anywhere. Uh, France didn't get anywhere. Why would you Why would you give stuff. it to a, a quarterfinalist team? Not even a quarterfinal. Well, the, okay, oh, Chelsea oh, oh, the Champions caps League for, because of Conte. Caps for Euros. Uh, so uh, as far as N'Golo Conte's stats Both. for Champions League, Champions League he played thirteen games, had one assist, uh, and. The Premier League, uh, Premier League irrelevant, but I'm already here. So the Premier League, he played in 30 games and and two assists. Uh, And as far as the Euros go, let me go ahead and pull that up while we're here. Uh, But you guys can keep debating while I pull it up if you want. Look, in terms of they got the exact same stats, Nima. No, 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 no. And then Jorginho's got two. Got another trophy. Who would you rather have on your team, Conte or Jorginho? Uh, Conte, Conte, he only played in four matches in the Euros. Who would you rather have, Evan, on your team? That's a long run. Probably that's a loaded question. That's a loaded but question. I think a last year Jorginho was the best center mid. You think Jorginho is the best center mid? Last year, yeah. It's not judged on how great you're going to be for ten years. It's who was the best that year, and Jorginho was the best that year. Conte. How, how old are both? Of them? I mean, I don't. Conte I is on my team. Conte is thirty, uh, and Jorginho is. I had it up actually. Hold on one second. But Conte is, is now 30, so he's getting up there. I think he'll be able to withstand. Uh, so they, I want to say he's 28, maybe 29 is Jorginho. So about the same hey, age. They do the, yeah, they do, they're doing the same thing. Um, I think in terms of positioning, Conte has him beat. I think in terms of defensive ability, Conte has him beat. I think in terms of passing, Conte has him beat. I think in terms of going forward, Conte has him beat. I think in terms of no, work, Conte no. has him beat. Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. I don't know about going forward, forward, definitely not Conte. Conte doesn't do anything going forward. I will I will show you videos of Conte dribbling around players and scoring. He scored a phenomenal goal against Liverpool where he literally took on three players, dribbled past them, and scored. I've oh, never yeah, seen I mean, so, I mean Con- Nima, Nima Conte- I've done that too in my life. Ah, <laughs> has Jorginho done that though? This is not about whether Seth or Conte should have gotten the award. It's whether Jorginho <laughs> or Conte have gotten the award. My, my point was that they're all professional players, and at some point, if they show take me, on people, me, they can be video. successful. Show I, me a video what, of Jorginho going forward, attacking, and scoring a goal. 
Okay, Nima, show me a video of you hitting a ball upper 90, and I'll tell you if you're good at shooting or not. What does that have to do with It's the same thing. You're saying, you need to see, you know, I need to provide you I a need video to see evidence of somebody doing one for? thing in order for me to judge their ability at <laughs> an entire <laughs> category of, the of whole, talent. The whole point, and I'm on your side. I don't think Jorginho should have won it either. <laughs> but the whole point of our argument was, Evan's argument was, he was good at positioning, he's a great passer, and he works hard. And I think Conte hasn't been in all of those areas. So over his career, Conte yeah. does. But this past year, Jorginho was better at all that. I, I disagree. I don't think oh. that Chelsea would have won the Champions League without Conte. Yeah, that's fair. And but they, would and they, they have wouldn't have won it without Jorginho. Without Jorginho? I, yeah. I definitely think they and would have won it without Jorginho. So Kovacic in there? Yes. Don't change anything. Just put Kovacic in there. With Conte, and they win the Champions League. I think so. I I think Jorginho. I honestly, Evan, I watched the Liverpool game and specifically watched Jorginho. He made a few good tackles, and he dude, best player on the game right there. What? Absolutely. The the past Liverpool Chelsea, what we just watched yesterday. Absolutely not. What he were put you in. He put in one of the best shifts I've ever seen. I think he was. Probably he was invisible other than maybe 15 minutes. I think the best player and on what do you what do you want them to do? They're down 10. Liverpool had no shots. I mean, there was they didn't look bothered at all, Chelsea. It's because Jorginho was working his ass off in that no, midfield. It's because Liverpool had no creativity. You can't okay. Because they shut him down. It's this okay, then it's the same as the Lukaku Van Dyke argument. I said Van Dyke and, and Matip were were great. And you said, well, that doesn't prove their dominance over Lukaku. It just proves that, you know, Chelsea were down a man and Lukaku had no help. Well, it's the same exact thing. Then it's it's Liverpool's lack of creativity, not Jorginho's brilliance that that allowed Liverpool not to score. I don't see how that's the same thing at all. So Luke, Lukaku is a one man against two. And you're doing 11 versus 10. What Lukaku wasn't lacking creativity; he was lacking help. I, I think the point is that Lukaku did not play well, and part of that should be attributed to Van Dyke and Matip. Because I think in a different game where Chelsea would be not playing Liverpool and they were down a man, I think that Lukaku would have been a lot more dominant. And I think on the on the flip side of that, I think if you look at Jorginho, I think Jorginho's presence did not inhibit Liverpool at all. I think going forward, Liverpool were poor and could not get good crosses into the box, could not really attack the ball, could not really get good shots off. And yeah, Jorginho made a few good tackles, but I would not say he was the best player by by far. I would give it to like four players before I gave it to to uh, Jorginho. I thought Kovacic played better than, than Jorginho, honestly. All I could see was when Jorginho got subbed off there in the 89th minute, I was like, that man put in such a shift today. I mean, it was just incredible. I guess we're just going to disagree. Dude, I don't know why you want to give it to Conte. So, Conte, so becoming player of the year, there's multiple factors. Your stats, yeah, Jorginho doesn't have that, but he's not a goal scorer, assist getter. He's just a center mid that makes the team complete. Same with Conte. And you and you also judge it on your trophies. What did you win? And he won the two biggest UEFA trophies, and he I was just, integral I, I don't, I don't like that, on both man. of those teams. I don't know how you can give it to anyone else other than Jorginho. I think that 
if you if you look at it holistically, I think whenever you just did the player of the year. <laughs> Well, no, you're you're not looking at holistically. You're looking it's at it's UEFA. I I don't care. I I don't think a, a player. But that's the trophy. It's UEFA trophy. I personally don't think that a player of the year award should go to the person who happened to play on both teams that won. And I still I still think that anybody out there who could choose Conte or Jorginho for a team would choose Conte over Jorginho. And if you wouldn't, then I would like to hear why. But positioning-wise, Conte wins. Defensive-wise, Conte, Conte wins. Even going forward, Jorginho is not that good. So I, I don't know how Jorginho deserves it over Conte. And that's, my, and that's my struggle. Because Jorginho did it with both teams. I just I, – I, I, so I don't getting, think so, – So winning one trophy and getting kicked out in the round of 16 – earns you the trophy over the guy that played on every game and winning both played on every game on both teams and winning both trophies of the biggest tournament of each. Well, I don't think it should be about trophies. Like, yeah, he won one trophy. Conte is the reason that, that Chelsea won the champions league, not Jorginho. If you took Conte off of Chelsea, you're, you're attributing it to Jorginho played with Chelsea. They won the Champions League. Oh, and now it's, it's definitely going to be because Jorginho played on Italy that they won the year. And that's just not true. He, he is not even – I think he's the worst out of the three in the midfield for Chelsea. If, I think if you had to lose one player in that midfield, I would lose him first. Conte was by and away the best player during the Champions League. And it's probably because the Euro was more recent that people are think, are like forgetting and focusing on Jorginho and saying, okay, well, he won the Champions League. He won the Euro. Makes sense to give it to him. But no, I, I disagree. I, I think if you're going to look at it and, and say stats, okay, well, stats don't really do center midfielders justice, especially not like more defensive like these two. Cool. De Bruyne, I think, is, is out because he didn't win the Champions League nor did he win the Euro. But I don't think that Jorginho winning both automatically gives him a head up against Conte. I think it should be looked at how did you aid your team getting to where they got? And I think Conte was more beneficial for Chelsea than Jorginho, even though he didn't win the Euro. I don't think it should matter. He still won Chelsea, basically, that, that trophy. That is why, Conte. That man was a freaking beast. And so was Jorginho. And how? So, okay. How? So if he, dude, there, if there's more to it than just Conte runs, I mean, he's, he's, he's everywhere. He, he does all the energetic work that you need. Yes, they're both great positions. They're both great center mids. Yes. But you just said Conte was the reason Chelsea won. I disagree with that. It's a whole team thing. But Jorginho was a part of both. He played in every game for each. It's not a coincidence. He was having his the year. He's having the best year of his life. I, I'm sorry. I every time I watch that guy play, I see nothing special, and I just don't think he's a very good soccer player. I definitely don't think he's he's good enough to win Player of the Year. I still, you still have not told me one thing that Jorginho provides that I should be like. That's why I want him on my team. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end with that. Seth, you feel free to step in. There, there's more to it than just. I need to see Tell goals or assists. There? What is there? What is there? I'm not talking about assists. I'm not talking about goals. I've told you why I think Conte is a better player. And I have yet to hear a characteristic of Jorginho. The only thing that I've ever heard Nathan say is he dictates the tempo. You know what? 
every midfielder in the world dictates the tempo. You know why? Because they're in the middle. (laughs) That's how it works. But Nima, I I answered your question already, and I already told you I couldn't really enunciate it, but he does all the little things, essentially, that keeps the team together. You can't have, you know, the defense going from defense to center to attack without him or when it gets on a counterattack, he's there. He just does everything you need to complete what everyone else is doing. And Conte does the exact same thing. That's literally what Conte does. And guess what? Jorginho won two trophies that Conte's won, and they're both judged on the UEFA. They have the exact same stats, the exact same games played, and you only the only three players that got in, you already said KDB can't get it. So if they, if they got the exact same stats, they do the exact same things, just Conte does it a little better over his career. Jorginho is real close, but he got two trophies, and we're only judging it on this one year. Jorginho deserves it easily. I just, I just disagree about the trophy thing. I think that they, they both won the Champions League. Conte but you won it holistic, and you yeah, got to add trophies into holistic. But I think you have to look at the contributions to each, and I think Conte contributed way more to get the Champions League than Jorginho did. And that's fine if you disagree. That's it's, it's not a obligatory quantitative thing where I say that it's this and you say that it's that and one of us is right and one of us is wrong. I just think that Conte was way more influential than, than Jorginho in the Champions League, way more influential. And I think that Italy had a good run and I think Jorginho played a part in the Euro, but I do not think that if you would have put Conte on that Italy team, it would have gone any differently. I think that he would have been actually better than Jorginho. And that's hard to prove, but these are my thoughts and, and this is what well, I Well, we had Conte on that France team and they lost. I mean, yeah, but teams, teams lose all the time. That doesn't necessarily make the player less of a player. Ronaldo lost in, in wherever he lost. Does that mean he's not one of the best players in the world? You're absolutely right. But you just said if we put Conte on Italy, we won't know what happens. Well, we know what happens when he put him on France. They lost. Well, I think if Jorginho went on France, they would do even worse. All right. So if I come in with my opinion, let's see. Jorginho is – who can I compare Jorginho to in the Prem? Or anywhere, I guess. Like if I really think about the type of player he is. I don't want to say, uh, and I just mean like style-wise, like the type of player he is. I feel like a Schweinsteiger is not a terrible comparison in terms of style of play. Uh, Sergio Busquets, probably a different player. He was a lot more defensive-minded, still is. I shouldn't act like he's not here anymore. Yeah. Who who else? I I mean, he, he has that style also of like some of these Wolves center mids where they're not out there making highlight plays every day, but we just talked about how dangerous the Wolves team is, uh, because of some of the players that they have. So I think he's a solid player. I am on and Nima's side in the sense of I have never watched Jorginho play and been like, wow, this guy is really making the difference for his team. And granted, I'm not watching every Chelsea game and I didn't catch every Italy game in the Euros, but I, I don't see that. Whereas with Conte, you see a, like you see the difference making you see. And, and that's where I say the game, like the game that, that Jorginho plays is not one that you necessarily see. Uh, it physically happening all the time. And that's that's the one that's really, really hard to judge from a third party where you have Conte and De Bruyne who are both respectively the best attacking midfielder in the world and the best defensive midfielder in the world. You have someone like Jorginho who is pretty good at both 
uh, very solid in terms of distributing the ball. They, they do what they need to do for their team and they play the role that they play. And it happened to be that they were on teams that I think we can all agree the teams, Chelsea and, and Italy are not chump teams. It's not like they overcame adversity to win the euros or at the champions league, you could maybe say they overcame adversity, but they were definitely on the up and up when, when that was happening. But it's hard to say that Jorginho played an enormous part in it just by watching those games. I think there are qualities that you can have off the pitch that are big as well. So he is working with a player like Mason Mount in the midfield in, at Chelsea. So there's probably a mentorship role that's happening there. And I'm sure he's helpful in that sense. But if I look at the three finalists of who should win the award, I don't think De Bruyne should win it. Belgium didn't go far enough in the Euros. I do think those types of awards need to go to people who win uh, in, in that sense. Like winning is a big priority of uh, getting those types of awards. And De Bruyne didn't win the Champions League. He didn't win Euros, so he's out. And his even if you just look at his stat line, not that great in terms of De Bruyne. In terms of De Bruyne-type numbers, not that great. So then you're left with Conte and Jorginho. I Conte, although not a stat sheet filler, is somebody who's still on the field, visibly makes a bigger impact to the casual viewer. And so I think he has a chance to stand out more than Jorginho does. But I'm not, I'm not angry that one of them gets it over the other. I am a big fan of Conte. I would love to see him get every award that this planet has to offer because I just think he's awesome. And he's super fun to watch. Like, you don't see defensive midfielders that are fun to watch much. And Conte is like, oh, I love, I love seeing, even, even when he plays against Arsenal and he like, he'll take the ball off somebody on my team. I'm like, God, that guy's so good. Ah, I, and he's smiling as he does it. Ah, damn it. This tiny little guy. Uh, and Jorginho, you don't, you just don't see that kind of thing. So I, I think like if, if it comes down to the year that they had, yeah, Jorginho had a better year in terms of trophies. If his teammates are saying he's making a huge impact, if the managers are saying he's making a huge impact, eh, that's really all we can say. I don't actually know who votes, uh, who's on the committee for the voters. I can probably look that up, but I imagine it's a series of coaches and players and, and probably a panel as well. Uh, let me see. UEFA player of the year voters, uh, but it, it, I, I, I'm not mad that he got it, I think, is, is what I would say. I would, of course, love to see other players win it, but uh, I, I'm not mad about it. I, I think it's fine. I, I don't think that he is anywhere close to Ballon d'Or. That would really then, – then we have a conversation to be had, but I think it's fine. I, I, I'm not mad. I, I don't uh, – if, if Georgina joined Arsenal, I'd be happy about it. I just don't know. It, it kind of goes back to that, that point of like, would they make an impact? If you took Jorginho and you put him on Arsenal or you put him on, uh, let's say, I mean, Liverpool just lost Wijnaldum. He'd probably fit better into Liverpool's system than, than other, other systems in that sense. But if you took Jorginho, you put him on a Wolves, you put him on an Arsenal, you put him on a Spurs, you put him, Spurs is probably not a good one to give either. But if you put him on the teams that are probably, teams that are going to finish sixth or 10th, What's the impact that he brings to that team? Is it one that he would look like the player of the year or not? I think he wouldn't look like he's a player of the year on those teams, which is telling. Whereas if you did put De Bruyne or Conte on those teams, it seems like it changes the, the complete 
makeup of their group. So I just think there's a little bit of a enhancement of his abilities playing with the talent that he has on his side that he wouldn't see if he was playing on other teams. That being said, as a manager, you have to put the right team together with the right people in the right spots in order to actually get get over the line, which they obviously did. And Jorginho was an integral part of that. He was in the starting 11 for both teams. So I'm not mad about it. But if I just look at Jorginho, the player, those, I guess, are my thoughts on, on who he is and the type of impact he might make. Can I just throw in one thing, Seth? No, no, you can't. So the uh, the actual like points breakdown is Jorginho had 175 points. Uh, KDB was actually next with 167 points, and then Angola Conte had 160 points. So I just want to make the point that even though Chelsea won the Champions League and Man City did not, and Italy won the Euros and Belgium and France did not, Conte actually ended up with less less points than KDB. Which goes to tell me that the the trend of the trophy winners always should win the awards in terms of ranking, it should be that Conte should at least be second, but he's not. And so that's consistent behavior in my mind. Well, that's an absolute shame because Conte should be second. KDB didn't win anything. That has to factor in. That absolutely has to factor in. You, I mean, if you score 50 goals and get 12 assists, that's awesome stats. But if your team comes in fourth, I mean – were you that big of a help, really? And, uh, the, the trophies have to play a factor there. Yeah, People just I, love KDB. I mean, I do, too. I, even though it plays for the team I hate the most, a great player. Great player. Yeah, I, I honestly think that – like, I understand why he won. Like, ha- being on – starting for two teams and then both winning, like, okay, Jorginho did that. But I just think it's a shame whenever you actually compare Jorginho versus Conte, that's what I'm thinking of. And I'm sure that's not what UEFA is thinking of, but that's a shame. And that's, that's why I get frustrated because like in terms of, in terms of uh, like the lineup there, I think it should go Conte and then Jorginho because he won with Chelsea and Italy. Fair enough. I think we've probably covered then Jorginho, Uh, Nate, just so you know, Chelsea's still bad even though we just talked all that stuff on Jorginho. No, Chelsea's terrible. We hate Chelsea. Chelsea's the worst. I don't know. Just like, yeah. But at least they're not our, you know. Nathan, dude, I'm always defending you when you're not here. I shouldn't be defending (laughs) Chelsea so goddamn often as a Man United fan. But, dude, I think Chelsea's well run. I think they have a great team. I think they're the best in in the Premier League right now. So you got to get on here and defend yourself, man, because I'm a Man United fan. <laughs> yeah, I think they're oh, not the best in the Premier League, and I think that yeah, they got the best defense. They got Lukaku. Lukaku and Ronaldo are going to score about the same amount of goals, and so fun to watch. And we're going to give up more than Chelsea, so it's going to be us too. It's going to be so yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just see if Chelsea can stop getting red cards. You know. <laughs> Well, that was absolute ridiculous call. Seth, make sure you cut that part out. The oh, okay. call part. Gotcha. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about. I guess for the for the last jump here, then uh, we'll talk about a team that we briefly touched on earlier. Spurs as a bit of a lightning round here. Uh, the only question I have for you, uh, for the two of you, I'll answer it as well. Since it's only three blokes today. Are Spurs going to finish in the top three? That's it. Evan, go ahead. Get us kicked off. 
No, I thought the question was going to be top four. I think they'll make Champions League just because I respect Nuno Espirito Santo so much. And they kept Kane. Um, Kane, get, get, I mean, you're getting over 20 goals with Kane. Um, and he, I mean, what, he led in both goals and assists last year. And that was a Mourinho team. So we got uh, Espirito Santo, whatever system they want to play. Uh, I feel like Kane's going to be even unleashed even more, plus all the other talent they got around him. So top three, no, but I think they make four. Yeah, so every year, every year for at least the last 10 years, Spurs always start great. And it's like, wow, are Spurs going to win? Or wow, like what are Spurs going to do this season? And then literally by like Christmas time, it's like, I don't know what happens. It's, it's almost like the soccer gods are like, no. Spurs will not do anything this year. And then they start to – they're terrible. They're terrible. And Kane still scores like 20 goals, but I don't know what happens. They just – they lo- they start losing in it, every year. So, no, I don't think they'll make top three. I don't even know if they'll make top four. You got Chelsea. You got Liverpool. You got Man United. You got Man City. I almost said you got Arsenal. <laughs> but, you know, those are, those are a lot of really good teams, and I don't know. I think it's going to be – it's going to be tough for them to get even top four, to be honest. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think uh, they're not going to finish top three. I, I, top four, I think they will contend for top four. I'm just trying to think of who that fourth spot would be. I, I think the – no, I, I think it's a pretty solid United City, in no particular order, United City, Chelsea, and Liverpool should be the favorites for top four. In some order, Leicester, Leicester could challenge for top four. I don't see Leicester being those four teams this season. They're kind of on another level. All of them together are on another level. I I don't see anyone really challenging them, Uh, which to be fair, the only reason why, uh, why maybe other teams make it into the top four is that they are so good and that they're competitive enough against each other that they bring each other down to a certain extent. So, so there's going to be really critical games in there where you don't want draws to happen or you really can't lose certain games. But top three, I don't, I don't think is feasible for them. I think Europa League, if they didn't get Europa League, that would be a disappointment. Uh, and I think they could compete for top four, but I would even say they're going to finish outside of the top four, I think. I don't think it's going to happen. Just no chance, even though they're, they're playing well. No, I, I got one more thing. Yeah, Chelsea's terrible. Just a terrible managed, terrible team, terrible everything. They're terrible. And no matter how much they think they're going to improve, they're just terrible. They're, they're terrible. Yeah, I don't know. They're just terrible. Um, okay, that's all I got. Thanks, Seth. Okay. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, fair. Fair point. I, that's, I have nothing else to say. That's a fair point, I guess. Uh, and with that being said, we will wrap keep up. That in. I, I will. Uh, with that being said, I will wrap it up. Uh, this is the five blokes. We only have three blokes today, but we'll have content. I think we're averaging content right now every two weeks or so. Plus, some of us might start doing more blogs and more solo podcasts of various things, uh, which you can find on the website, thefiveblokes.com. Or, yeah, that's about it. I don't know who's going to email us or text us, but if you guys want to hear us talk about something, text me, Nima, Evan, Nate, or Amin, and we'll try to get the topics in here and we'll see everybody next time. Peace. The five blows.